While much valuable Christian literature from prior centuries has been republished in recent years, the particular Baptists have been largely ignored. Yet, their contributions in the areas of biblical exegesis, theology, history, and practical Christian living have much to offer today's church. The particular Baptists have always demonstrated a firm and faithful commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ, its proclamation to all the world, and the inspiration, inerrancy, and absolute authority of all of Scripture. We at Particular Baptist Heritage Books desire to champion this God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, word-centered legacy by producing high-quality, handcrafted, hard-cased editions of Particular Baptist works, which we hope will endure for generations to come. Particular Baptist Heritage Books is a nonprofit publishing ministry founded in connection with a local church. With the help from an advisory board consisting of Calvinistic Baptist pastors and scholars, we seek to preserve the history, theology, and relevancy of our particular Baptist forebears by publishing and promoting their most important literary works. Our mission is to glorify God and to strengthen His church by furnishing Christians with the very best of the particular Baptist literary heritage. And so we invite you, come and deepen your Baptist roots at www.particularbaptistbooks.com www.particularbaptistbooks.com You are listening to Particular Pilgrims, Stories from Reformed Baptist History with Commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist History. We're on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. I've introduced you to several of John Fawcett's writings, especially his sermons and devotional works but he was also a fine hymn writer. Several of his better productions are still sung today. He believed in singing psalms and hymns in public worship, not merely for private edification. The Baptist churches in his day, that is, in the latter 1700s, would have predominantly sung the psalms and hymns of Isaac Watts. His songbooks were very popular. But as Baptists and others began to also pen hymns for worship, new collections were desired, and of course a section of hymns for the ordinance of believers' baptism was needed for their churches. In 1782, Fawcett produced what was called a brief supplement to the Psalms and Hymns of Isaac Watts recommended by John Fawcett. My copy is from a second edition corrected from the year 1816. Notice that the book assumes Watts is the foundation for a good dissenter's hymnal. But knowing that other faithful poets had produced work worthy of being sung in worship, Fawcett acted as an editor. He included some of his own hymns, as well as those by fellow Calvinistic Baptists Anne Steele, Benjamin Bedham, the Stennets, and Samuel Medley. He even included a few hymns written by General Baptist pastors Samuel Deacon and Dan Taylor. 
This points to Fawcett's love for all Orthodox Christians of whatever denomination. We will learn more of this in another episode, but further evidence for this is found in the supplement because it also includes works by the Methodist Charles Wesley and the Congregationalist Philip Doddridge. My personal copy of the supplement is a small, shiny leather volume produced in the town of Halifax. This is the same place where most of his other works were printed and, of course, was nearby home. Inside the front and back covers are the names of several owners. The first says, Susanna Parker Book, Alcomandane in Wadsworth, in the year of our Lord, 1824, Benna, that is being, March 29th. It's in a lovely hand with plenty of those flourishes that were common in the day. Below it is the second ownership reference. It reads, John Spencer, Alcomandon, 1830. It is done in a small, neat hand. Both of these were almost certainly members of Fawcett's congregation. Some of the church records are available online, and these names appear frequently in the lists of members and births. And the two location references, Alcomden and Wadsworth, are in the immediate vicinity of the two church buildings where Fawcett preached. In the various versions of the modern Trinity hymnal used by many Reformed Baptists today, Fawcett is represented by three main hymns. The first one is of uncertain origin, but is it usually partially ascribed to Fawcett because it appears in his supplement? This hymn is meant for the close of worship, and I'll be reading from my copy. Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing. Fill our hearts with joy and peace. Let us each thy love possessing triumph in redeeming grace. O refresh us, traveling through this wilderness. Thanks we give and adoration for thy gospel's joyful sound. May the fruits of thy salvation in our hearts and lives abound. May thy presence with us evermore be found. So, whene'er the signal's given, us from earth to call away, borne on angels' wings to heaven, glad to leave our cumbrous clay, may we ready rise and reign in endless day. Notice the many standard beliefs assumed in this hymn. The special presence of God with his people in worship, his blessing them at the end of the service. These things tell us, at least in part, how Fawcett ran the church's worship services. They're leaving, uh, leaving him to go into the wilderness of the world to journey to heaven, and their thankfulness for the gospel and its many benefits. The second hymn concerns the Holy Scriptures. In modern hymnals, just three verses are generally used, but the original had six, and they are excellent as they exalt the uses and value of the Word of God. How precious is the book divine, by inspiration given. Bright as a lamp its doctrines shine, to guide our souls to heaven. Its light descending from above our gloomy world to cheer displays a Savior's boundless love and brings his glories near. It shows to man his wandering ways and where his feet have trod. 
and brings him to the matchless grace of a forgiving God. When once it penetrates the mind, it conquers every sin. The enlightened soul begins to find the paths of peace divine. It sweetly cheers our drooping hearts in this dark veil of tears. Light life and joy it still imparts and quells our rising fears. This lamp through all the tedious night of life shall guide our way till we'll behold the clearer light of an eternal day. Like most of his hymns, it is tied to a Bible text, in this case, Psalm 119.105, and was written to accompany a specific sermon. I also find it interesting that this was written during a time when the divine inspiration of the Bible was widely attacked or denied, and the first verse, as you just heard, directly responds to that. In the Trinity hymnal, three of the selections on the Holy Scriptures are actually from Baptist hymn writers of this same era. They are Anne Steele, Benjamin Bedham, and John Fawcett. This certainly illustrates the particular Baptist's commitment to a divinely produced and therefore spiritually useful Bible. The third song is easily Fawcett's most popular. It is, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. I remember singing it often as a child, and it's a beautiful picture of the communion true saints have with each other. We often sang it when someone was moving away. It's also fitting when adding a new member or at the death of a saint. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Before our Father's throne, we pour our ardent prayers. Our fears, our hopes, our aims are one, our comforts and our cares. We share our mutual woes, our mutual burdens bear, and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear. When we asunder part, it gives us inward pain. But we shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again. This glorious hope revives our courage by the way, while each in expectation lives and longs to see the day. From sorrow, toil, and pain, and sin we shall be free, and perfect love and friendship reign through all eternity. Amen. There's often a story told with this hymn, but I'll save an examination of that until I give you Fawcett's biography. Finally, I'm glad to learn that at least one more of Fawcett's hymn has in recent years been updated and given a chorus and new music. It's entitled, Afflicted Saint to Christ Draw Near. It's the first listed hymn in my supplement. A portion of it has been modernized by Sovereign Grace Music. I highly recommend it to you. But being the Baptist antiquarian that I am, I prefer some of the older language. And so, like the previous hymns, I'll read you the complete hymn in the original wording. It's the same meter as the new version, so it could be sung to the new tune. Here it is. Afflicted saint, to Christ draw near. Thy Savior, gracious promise here. 
His faithful word declares to thee that as thy days, thy strength shall be. Let not thy heart despond and say, How shall I stand the trying day? He has engaged by firm decree that as thy days, thy strength shall be. Thy faith is weak, thy foes are strong, and if the conflict should be long, thy Lord will make the tempter flee, for as thy days, thy strength shall be. Should persecution rage and flame still trust in thy Redeemer's name, in fiery trials thou shalt see that as thy days thy strength shall be. When called to bear the weighty cross or sore affliction, pain or loss, or deep distress or poverty, still as thy days thy strength shall be. When ghastly death appears in view, Christ's presence shall thy fears subdue. He comes to set thy spirit free, and as thy days, thy strength shall be. That, of course, was rooted in a sermon preached from Deuteronomy 33.25, entitled, Strength Equal to the Day. Fawcett's pastoral heart is clear. He's writing to comfort and strengthen the souls of troubled believers by repeating the truth of his sermon in song. And it was this that God would give them strength for the day. May you find that to be true for you as well. And thank you for listening today. This is Ron the Baptist wishing you grace and peace. Thank you.